Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. And I am here again today. I'm your host, Helen Panos, and I'm here to interview one of my tutors, and she's also a chemistry teacher in high school, Erica Petty. Welcome, Erica. Hey, Helen. Thanks for having me tonight. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. I know you're so busy (laughs) doing a PhD, working, being a mom. Right. Um, And I know a lot of other stuff, probably. (laughs) So Erica actually is tutoring tonight, actually, after this video uh, that we're recording. Um, Three kids in a row and they're all chemistry. So before we get into chemistry and talking about that, tell us a little bit about why you became a teacher and slash tutor. Um, That's kind of an interesting little story. When I got my undergraduate degree, my degree is a pure science degree, so a biology and chemistry degree, and got in, you know, I TA'd in college. I was a TA in the chem lab starting my sophomore year. That covered a lot of bills at one point, you know, um, in the lab and doing that type of stuff. Thought I was going into pharmacology and drug design and cancer research and got into a lab and started doing that for that round of a doctorate, thinking I was going down that path. And absolutely positively hated it. Realized what I loved about science was de-explaining it to people and seeing someone else get it, so to speak. Um, And so I happened to, at the time, move back to, or move to the Atlanta area, changed my position, you know, and all of that stuff. um, And wound up applying for my master's at Georgia State when they still did an MED with initial certification. And... um, when I called home at that point and said, hey, this is what I think I'm going to do. A lot of my family was like, what took you so long? So here I was a career changer before I'd ever really gotten my first job. So I started by the time I finished that and got in the classroom, I was still in my mid 20s. So still young enough that, you know, it's not going to be a crazy amount of time before I wind up at my doctorate, you know, or at retirement age. Yeah, I can still do my 30 and still have something else down the line at that point. Um so because my degree is in biology and chemistry, it kind of led to tutoring naturally mm. because everybody's like, either, why do you teach that? Or I hated that when I was little, you know, when I was in school, but can you help my kid? That I can, you know? <laughs> and so it, so it kind of came naturally. And it's also one of those things that in the Atlanta Metro, especially as a teacher, it's a good side income, you know, that. Mm turns into it, not that it's all about the money, but definitely doesn't hurt. 
No, sure doesn't. That's right. <laughs> so share some of your strengths as a teacher, tutor, and what those have revealed when it comes to helping kids, especially in science and especially in this day post-COVID time. Well, I think one of the things that has come out of having to teach hybrid, having to teach virtually for a while is I had to come up with other ways to explain things. I couldn't just use my standard algorithm all the time because a lot of things in chemistry, a lot of things in physics are very, you know, they're math-based lab sciences. And so I couldn't just put the equation up and say, let's solve it because I was experiencing kids that couldn't remember how to rearrange an equation just because mm -hmm. they may have taken algebra one totally virtually, which means some of those fundamentals maybe weren't strong enough for middle school. So when they were get, taking algebra one as an eighth grader or as a freshman, it didn't all totally click the way it should have. So coming up with multiple modalities of how to represent something, multiple modalities of how to explain something has been crucial, I think, for all educators, not just you know those of us in science, but I think for all of us, as we have tried to find ways to help kids navigate in this new situation when some crucial skills were probably messed up. Mm, yep, starting to see some gaps, right? Starting to see some gaps, but also starting to see the impact of grades were kind of given and not Inflated. necessarily earned. <laughs> and now that we have kids who the pedals to the metal, they've got to earn this grade. They're struggling because they don't know. They don't know how to ask for help. They mm. don't know how to take an, oh, I didn't do good on this practice or I didn't do the good on this quiz but how can I fix it better for the summative assessment for that test, you know, so that I truly do understand it. And so sometimes teaching those perseverance skills and those push through and all of that has been really important as well. Do you think, um, are they embarrassed to ask for help or do you think um, it's just, um, I don't know. I think they... a lot of kids are embarrassed to ask for help, not because they're afraid of their teacher, I think for some of them, they're afraid of their peers. They're afraid of being the one who doesn't quote unquote get it. When in reality, probably 50% of the room doesn't get it either. Someone just needs to ask the question. Mm -hmm. Or someone just needs to go, hey, can you slow down and go back over where you got all these again? I understand the math steps at the end, but I don't understand where these numbers came from. Like we were talking about stoichiometry the other day which is chemistry's fancy way of saying converting from one thing to another. And so it's just unit conversions, which they've done since they were little, you know, thinking about inches to feet or ounces to pounds. But once we start tying something new into it, they're like, well, it's totally different. I'm like, no, it's not. How do you go from one thing to another? Oh, I'm like, follow a roadmap, come up with a plan. And even those self-talk skills of, well, I know I need this. I need to go to here. I need to do this. I need to do that. I have kids that can do the math just fine, but they can't come up with the plan or even the questions to ask themselves as they are working through it to make sure that they've done the right steps. So those self-talk, self-checking, mm -hmm. think aloud type things that we do as a teacher are the things that I'm really trying to teach my kids that you need to be able to have this exact same conversation with yourself. Do you think some of that is... Uh... I guess I would almost sounds like critical thinking is lacking a little bit, possibly. Critical thinking, um, 
sometimes thinking in general because <laughs> um and I don't say that to be sarcastic or trite but I say that because they've gotten very used to having a device in their hands they've gotten very used to being able to google for information but they don't understand how to vet that information or to understand how someone else did the process to be able to say, oh, wait, they solved it wrong. Or if I do the same thing, am I getting the same answer? And if I'm not, do I know where I made my mistake? And so those vetting and critical thinking skills are something that we've got to teach even more as teachers, refine as tutors, that to some degree work a little, you know, go hand in hand with their executive functioning skills and knowing how to plan a study schedule, schedule knowing how to put all those pieces together to become an effective student because at some point they they're finally in a class like let's just say chemistry for example because that's my day job you know most kids a lot of kids take chemistry as sophomores sophomore year chemistry mm -hmm. sophomore mm -hmm. year geometry or algebra two sophomore year world history in some format ap on level honors whatever 10th grade english where you're prepping them more to get ready to write a college essay and things like that as they build up those structures. It's the first year that all four core academics don't fit the traditional spiral where these mm -hmm. kids have been able to memorize. And yeah. the fact that they are actually having to do and apply instead of just memorize kicks a lot of sophomores in their butt. Mm -hmm. Add in a, you know, a mid slash post pandemic society, depending on what day it is and what news report you read, um, they're struggling even more right now. Hmm. Interesting. You should bring up executive functioning. I was about to say something about uh, it sounds like executive functioning a little bit when you were talking about they can't get a plan or they can't do see the steps. That almost sounds like executive functioning. It, it is. to it, it is to a point, but it's also one of those. It's it goes back to it's the first time we're asking them to do multiple steps to be able to justify their thinking. Whereas when they think of all the science courses they've taken up until that point. A lot of it's memorization and now it's the application and mm -hmm. they can't it, it's going from the concrete to the abstract but it's also going from the regurgitation to the now i've got to show you that i can do something with it mm -hmm. and they struggle a special message from dynamis learning academy did you know that writing is a huge component of science history language arts, and so many other subjects in school. If your child struggles with writing, they will most likely struggle across the board in school. It doesn't have to be this way. Writing can be taught and almost all kids need a refresher. At Dynamis Learning Academy, we have a three-day online creative writing workshop that is fun and exciting for kids, but also gives them the strategies they need to improve their writing everywhere across the board and especially in school. They even leave the class with a completed writing product. To learn more, reach out to us at 770-282-9931. Thank you. I know we've talked about some weaknesses already. Are there any others that you're seeing, um, maybe general that you're hearing from other teachers and it's not just chemistry? Um, that most kids are having post-pandemic, possibly, that y'all have noticed as teachers? I think there's a couple. I mean, one is the lack of 
math critical thinking skills, like being able to understand this is the type of equation I need to use, this is the process I need to solve, this is all the information I have, this is where I need to go to be able to set up that plan and make a decision of is this the right one and to feel confident in that decision um, because our physics teachers are seeing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Where those kids that are taking physics this year were freshmen right. in the pandemic and they are seriously struggling compared to my sophomores that had algebra one some of them may have been a little bit virtual last year but for the majority were in the classroom compared to fully being online to where certain concepts maybe just weren't taught at that point um I think a second one is and it doesn't matter the subject but knowing how to advocate for themselves kids Mm -hmm. right now are really struggling with that knowing how to advocate for themselves so that they know that they're willing to ask for help. And I tell kids all the time, I get it that I am a loud person by nature. I get it that I have RBV to go with my RBF, you know? And so my voice sounds very critical when I'm not, you know, it's just how life projects it. And they're like, but you sound angry when we don't get it. No, I'm not angry. This is just what comes out out of my mouth, you know? And so I think a lot of times, they're so caught in the, well, you don't like me because mm. of how you're speaking. And I'm like, no, that's not it at all. You know, or the, or the, yeah. I'll get the, well, I'm scared because you're, you know, you sound angry. No, I'm just loud. I'm just <laughs> loud. You know, um, I'm so almost like an emotional. Almost a bit of an emotional. And that's almost where, you know, we, we've seen a rise in the last few years of all the, of kids being diagnosed with anxiety, being diagnosed with depression. Did the pandemic help hurt that to a point and increase that because kids were isolated to a device and that was their means of communication? Yeah, probably so. But because a lot of these kids don't know how to advocate that they do need help, even sometimes with a peer, they don't want to be seen as less than and not getting it. So instead of asking, they sit there and struggle. And what and, I've heard recently is even when they're asking their peers, their peers mm-hmm. are not being so kind as to help them. So, so, some of them are not. I mean, thankfully, a lot of the kids that I work with are willing to, they've got good peer groups. And so someone is willing to talk through somebody, somebody else through it. No, this is what I did. This is how you do it. And sometimes having that other, that explained in 15-year-old speak works a lot better than if I try again sometimes. I'm like, try with a peer, you know, the whole idea of three before me, and that helps with the older kids. I think the other thing that I see a lot, not just in chemistry, but across the board, is as we have kids get older, we have parents try to step back. Mm -hmm. My kids should be able to handle this Mm -hmm. because they're 15, (laughs) because they're 16. Well, A, they still don't have a prefrontal cortex fully developed, so let's admit that they're not. But two, if you have helicoptered them up until high school and you fought all their battles for them, they don't know how. So as a parent, you know, I've got my own child, you know, got my own child. I have to let her fight her own battles. Will I get in there if I need to? If she's not getting a response with a teacher at some point, sure. You know, if it's not getting done, but I've got to teach her, this is how you write a proper email. This is how you ask for what you need, be it in tutorial or hey, I've turned this in. It was a month ago. You still haven't graded it. When can I expect feedback so I know how to do better the next time? And I've got parents that have gone from helicoptering 
to totally hands off. And then they're like, but why is my kid struggling? Because you fought all the battles for them. You haven't mm -hmm. given them the skills of how to advocate for themselves, of what it means to study. And there's a difference between homework and studying. And we could do that on a totally separate podcast because I've got a whole oh, diatribe funny you that. should bring that up because we are going to have a webinar on that. I might have to bring you on for that, Erica. And, <laughs> and, 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 there, and there's a huge difference in those things. But when you have kids that up until this one class, whether it's chemistry, whether it's algebra two, whether it's whatever, they've always been able to get it and haven't had to work hard for it. They don't understand the, the need or how to deal with the productive struggle that comes with it as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I can even say, even if they weren't helicopter parents, let's say, I don't know, I think parents have this idea and, and maybe it worked before 2020 that yes, these are high schoolers. I need to back off some. I mean, we've heard this in middle school, right? Even so, but every child, I want to bring this up because I think the audience needs to know every child is different. If your neighbor is doing that, your that child might be different from your child, which means it may work for that child, but it doesn't work for yours. Yours may need a little bit more assistance, let's say, or like you said, you got to not assume they've got these skills because what we've noticed in Dynamis is they are missing a lot of skills. And that's why we're going to do a three-part um, series here, January, February, and March for um, study skills, one, time management habits, and test-taking strategies is the third. Because it seems like, well, that's what all my tutors are saying is there's some skills seriously missing here. And I, if I'm thinking back to when I was a child, I'm trying to remember, did anybody really teach me how to study? Um, I don't know. I think maybe my parent or my my uncle would do things kind of like a tutor would, let's say, and show me some strategies. Or I'd go and ask or questions. Or sit and review with you or whatever. I would whatever. ask a yeah. lot of questions when I was mm -hmm. in school. Um, well, so, so I think all of this is kind of um, coming to a head because what you said is they're not asking questions. They're not advocating for themselves, which is where we're going as a company as well is because of what you just said. We're having to advocate quite a bit for the kids and the, and the parent to help them out because you're right. They're not advocating for themselves. I'm not sure why. I don't know if COVID had anything to do with that or not, but. I don't know if it's COVID as much as it's a, at some point, I expect my kid to be able to do this, but if I haven't taught them how to do this, I can't expect them to do that. Mm -hmm. I can't expect my daughter to know how to do her laundry if I haven't shown her, this is how much detergent you use. This is the cycle you put it on. This is what you do. And it, I laugh about be... that comment, by the way, in the example, because my mom would never show me how to cook. She'd like, okay, come over here and I'll show you how to cook. But then she would never do it, Erica. <laughs> And but it's one of those things, if, I, if I want my child to be well-rounded, I've got to even show them how to do these simple things. I think the other thing that makes a difference is with younger kids, we consistently say, hey, they need a routine. They need a routine for bedtime, for bath time, to know what to do in terms of brushing their teeth or, you know, getting ready of a morning or whatever. But then we overload our older kids in all these activities, expect them to be in all the clubs, all the sports and all this stuff. And we don't let them have that same routine when it comes to having time to one, decompress and be a kid, but also have that time to sit there and Learn. do their homework, ask for help, have the Learn. time to just do that. Yeah, and, and, and the parents process. finding the time to teach them, right? Because they're right. always gone. They're always 
doing an event, always doing a sport, always doing an activity, and they're not home, that might be the big aha moment. Well, and I mean, not of, I think also so the parent the, can teach them. Right. <laughs> well, but part of that also becomes just the routine of healthy habits, sleep, nutrition, water, exercise. And if you've got your kids so overloaded that they're not getting those things done and they're barely having time for homework in six, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, when things start getting hard, you're going to have your kid burnt out before they get to college. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, you know, or what, you know, and I, I say college, but whatever they choose to do post-secondarily, because trade schools are still a good option, let's be honest, mm-hmm. and finding something that works. And that's the other piece I think that has to go with it is not every kid is meant to go to a four-year school. Not every kid is meant to go do these things. And if we are, and that's okay, because I need somebody who can be a plumber. I need somebody who can be a mechanic. I need somebody who can mm-hmm. be an electrician, because that's not a, none of those are skills that I need to YouTube to figure out how to do, because I'm going to hurt myself or break something. Let's be honest. <laughs> and so at some point, Acknowledge what your kid is capable of doing and don't worry about what the person next door is doing. Do Mm. what's best for your kid. If what's best for your kid, because you don't have the time or you never took the course, is to hire you and a tutor that they can do those things, do what's best for your kid. But don't worry about what the person next door is doing or the person down the street or what Mm -hmm. everybody says they need an A in this course. Right. I agree. They don't. Um, and here's two teachers on here, parents that are saying your child doesn't have to go to college if that's not the path for them. <laughs> I don't care what the school systems might be saying to you. And there's just a lot of, yeah, I could go a whole thing about sports. That's a whole too, other and show. How many, us, that's a whole other show. Yeah, that's a whole other subject because I would love to put a parent on that has their child involved in two and three sports at, at the same time. <laughs> and they're expecting them to also do well on these AP courses, let's say, or something like that. And these, and we got to realize the sports that I was doing way back in the day were a small period of time. I did softball and I was a pitcher and I was a great pitcher. I have trophies for it, but I did it from, I believe we started maybe mid April practicing games started maybe later in May. We were done by July. It didn't go on and on and on into the school years right well, which now intervenes with them that one thing that's the one thing they do they're not on the travel ball team they're not on the competitive gymnastics team they're not doing all these things at once because at some point if they're their first primary job besides just being a good kid and responsible citizen is whatever their schooling is all these other things are beneficial but it's not going to be the thing for the majority of children that it's going to get them into a post-secondary situation. It's not going to be the thing that turns into a career for them. So let's Mm -hmm. help them figure out what their interests are and get them to that point where they can at some Mm -hmm. point. Well, let's wrap up with this. What is one strategy or solution you can share today that with parents that may help their child be successful? Maybe it's something you've used in a tutoring session that you notice, and you could talk about chemistry um, if you want. Is there any like quick story you want to share that you use? I don't know if it's a story as much as it's a, it's a just general life strategy. I have, I spend a lot of times teaching kids how to backwards plan. How do you plan your evening so that you're getting stuff done? 
Because for most kids, if they're truly using the time given in class and assuming their teacher isn't assigning, you have an essay today, you know, here I've assigned an essay, I want your first draft tomorrow and it's five pages, you know, or, you know, things are properly scaffolded or it's not, here's this section in math, you need to do these 40 problems, you know, but pick five or 10 of this concept and tell me that, show me that you can do it. Backwards planning. Okay, go back and do for 15 to 20 minutes for each subject, the actual homework. What is due the next day? Then take a break, go have dinner, go walk the dog, go make a TikTok, play a game with a friend, you know, go play a video game for 20 or 30 minutes. Do your family time, do your chores, then come back and do it again a second time through. But this time, go back and study, do the extra practice. But if when I've set kids up on that schedule, it makes a huge difference because then they're learning, okay, I may not have homework in this subject every night. So then I can slide a little bit of studying up into a homework category because I don't have anything for PE, obviously, you know, or I don't have anything for an acting class, but I do need extra time to work on my essay and lit, you know, and just building that schedule makes a huge difference mm -hmm. because most of us who are over, you know, adults live and die by a calendar. You would not want to see mine right now with the <laughs> amount of different balls I have up in the air, you know, between my tutoring schedule, my teaching schedule, my child's schedule, my doctoral program schedule. Everything is color-coded. Every, I don't want to say every waking moment, but a decent portion of my day is blocked off with different things. But I'm teaching my own kid to do the same thing. And I think mm -hmm. teaching your kids, even just that, for some kids, that helps with part of the executive function. That helps with part of the anxiety because they know what they need to be doing next. Just like we had a schedule when they were little of, okay, after dinner, you know, we go to the, you know, we go take a bath, we go brush our teeth, we go potty, we read a book, we do these mm -hmm. things before we go to bed, you know, and we do it in reverse when we get up of a morning to get ready to get out the door. Why aren't we teaching our teens how to do that or our upper elementary and middle schoolers? Because <laughs> having that schedule, you know, will then make a big difference, right? To do post secondarily. It's so funny you bring that up because I was just on recording a summit yesterday, an interview for a summit out of California. And uh, she asked me about how do you motivate kids to do this work? And I said, it's called habits mm -hmm. and you, they've got to get into a structured routine or mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, I had a structured routine I was on drill team in high school and I was involved with my church stuff, but I, I still had my, and what kids will not do is I'm glad you brought up the word study. They will not plan study time they I guess they feel like oh that only needs to happen the day before a test <laughs> um I worked right, for hours doing my math problems hours right every day <laughs> well and it's one of those things you know and like I you know like you and I both said that's something that we can bring back for a longer conversation or a multi-part thing later but when they haven't had to because it's been easy they don't know how to so sometimes bringing somebody else in who can show them what the difference is, or at least having that conversation of, no, you've got to have this routine to get stuff done, but then this routine to make sure you've really got it. And mm -hmm. there's a, those are two different routines, two different mental processes that happen with that. And mm -hmm. we've got to be having that conversation with our kids. And we've got to start that conversation early. 
And it might not be a bad idea to role model that parents, because if you're doing it and you block out some time and maybe you're doing some work or something else or reading a book, whatever you want to do, then they know that's their time as well. Maybe it's a whole family thing until Mm -hmm. everybody is in a routine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I know a book that's really good. I think his name is James Cleary is um, Atomic Atomic Habits. Yep. So that's something parents, if you guys are not familiar with what to do, read that book (laughs) Um, or contact us here and we will get like, like Erica was saying, sometimes it takes somebody else and we've been hired many times to do different things. And it may be that it takes us over an eight week period to come in and set them on the right path for you so that then there's somebody they're accountable to other than you as a parent and they will follow through. I mean, it normally works. <laughs> so, well, I just wanted to thank you, Erica, for um, coming on today and being on our show and sharing all your nuggets here on um, how to get kids, especially high schoolers, um, to get on a some kind of structure and be much more successful. Because this is really, folks, in the end, isn't this what we all do as adults? I mean, Erica just pointed out, she's got a PhD she's doing. She's teaching. She's got a child. She's got other stuff. And she can manage her time. People look at my schedule and they're like, how do you do all these things? Uh, I follow a calendar and I have everything blocked in, including my workouts. Right. Those exactly. went first, actually. And then everything else rolls around it. And when I'm doing uh, my workouts with a trainer, let's say, I make sure I try to align it with a tutoring session because I know I'm going to be up that way already. So I block my time in double hours to be up there and back it up with a tra- uh, working out first and then tutoring or tutoring and then working out. Usually that's mm-hmm. how I do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know a lot more people are very good at multitasking and doing all these things and scheduling versus other people. But uh, I would venture to say, Yes, we were talking about executive functioning yesterday, even when I was doing this interview. Um, And, you know, probably a lot of us have some type of executive functioning issue. (laughs) And that's why it just depends on your child and how severe it might be. I'm not saying they have to be medicated. I'm not saying any of that. But if they have some strategies and they can follow them, that will probably solve the problem. So, um, well, thank you very much again, Erica, and I hope all of you guys have a great rest of your day, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com 
or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.